And with that, let's welcome Brooke Pryor to the show. Brooke covers the Steelers for ESPN.com. She is their Pittsburgh beat writer, and she was kind enough to join us last year. We had a blast with Brooke, and did she freeze, Steve? Nope. No, she's, she's there. So frozen oh, yeah. by our, uh, <laughs> yeah. our expert analysis that it froze on the screen. She's but Brooke, how are you doing? I am great. Uh, I am very much not frozen. Um, I am sprinting in to talk with you guys after just being in two scrums talking to Matt Canada and Terrell Austin. Oh, good. Empty your notebook. What did you learn? (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, to to me, the most interesting thing was, so I, they have both coordinators going at the same time, but Matt Canada started a little bit before Terrell Austin. So I was in his scrum and he normally starts off with taking some questions and instead he went right off with a statement and talked about how they started off with five three and outs that is not acceptable here are all the things that went wrong we were down 20 this is why we were not uh running the ball as much i mean it's hard to say that he took accountability for it because that's what a coordinator is supposed to do i don't want to say that he went above and beyond but i was at least impressed that he didn't sit there and wait for all of us to ask questions that he did address it off the top that their offensive production was not anywhere near where it was supposed to be or where it had been during training camp in the preseason. Did he give you a why? You know, I, I left the scrum before that, unfortunately, uh, before I got the why. <laughs> Instead, he was just talking about how um, a lot of it was what the 49ers were doing and the execution across the board was off by the Steelers. I also thought it was interesting that Kenny Pickett talked about his lack of execution not being on the same page with some of his receivers, some throws he wanted to have back. Um, because the whole preseason, he and the rest of the offense had talked about, wow, guys, look, we're so cohesive. This offense is so much farther in ahead of where it was this time a year ago. And uh, then it very much was not uh, when they got out on the field. But I talked to his quarterback coach, um, Tony Rassiopi, who said it was the perfect storm of Kenny Pickett having an off day and the 49ers having a really good defense. And then he just, I mean, had a dud of a game. Brooke, it came up on replay, obviously, that Kenny took a pretty big shot to the head. Has that been discussed post-game, why he wasn't evaluated, and and where does that stand? You know, it, it was discussed in Mike Tomlin's presser. I believe he said that he thinks Kenny Pickett was evaluated and cleared, okay. that at least it was something that was looked at on the sideline. He kind of downplayed it. Um, I don't know that that was the right thing to do to downplay that, given that Pickett had two concussions last year, and this has been a serious issue across the league. But, you know, Kenny said that that didn't affect his accuracy, and Mike Tomlin said the same thing. So you can, you know, take take what they said at face value. Um, I probably would have liked to see a little bit more evaluation, but, you know, that, that was what they went with. Well, Brooke, what do you think the upside, like Kenny Pickett got so much hype based on preseason, which was mind-blowing to me. Uh, what do you think the upside is for him? Like, do, do people in Pittsburgh think he could be a top 10 quarterback? Because I don't see it. Like, I look at him and I see best case scenario being Andy Dalton or Jimmy Garoppolo. I, what, what do you see? What do they see? I don't think that anyone here thinks he's going to be a top 10 quarterback. And the reality is he doesn't have to be. He just has to be able to get the ball to his playmakers. And he wasn't able to do that in that week one loss. And so I think that you don't want to throw out the term game manager because that just really takes on a life of its own. Um, (laughs) but, (laughs) But I think what he needs to do, he doesn't need to be Joe Burrow. He doesn't need to be Patrick Mahomes. He doesn't need to be Josh Allen. He needs to get the ball to guys in space, his playmakers, and let them do the rest of the work. 
even George Pickens, who when he does target on a deep throw and Pickens is one-on-one with the guy, George usually comes down with it. But he also, in the preseason we saw, had a catch that, I don't know, maybe it was about 10 air yards or so. And then he made a move and ran the rest of the way. He can get yards after catch. Guys like uh, Calvin Austin, Deontay Johnson, who's hurt, I would not expect to see him play. But all of the guys in this wide receiver room and the running backs can pick up the extra yards after Pickett makes a short throw. I think that is the key for them. It doesn't need to be, look at this arm strength. All he has to do is be accurate. Doesn't have to be a touching quarterback. Doesn't have to light the league on fire. But he didn't do anything close to that because his accuracy was so off and the field vision was so off last week. Um, Brooke, what is the temperature of Steeler Nation on the Browns? Are they going on or do they feel like it's just the same old Browns? Has anything changed since the week one win against the Bengals? Where are they in the spectrum of, you know, what they feel about the Cleveland Browns in general? You know, I, the fan base is going to feel how the fan base is always going to feel, right? Um, but I think that the Steelers organization inside the building very much respects the Browns. I mean, that was the first thing that Mike Tomlin talked about when he's going through and diagnosing he likes to do his, um, basically reads a speech on the team. He filibusters us uh, on the <laughs> opponent. And the first thing he mentioned is Nick Chubb. He calls him Mr. Chubb. Uh, and he's yeah, right. I mean, I think this is a team that he writes. I mean, there is a lot of respect there. Um, <laughs> Because Nick Chubb is is the barometer of this game. If Nick Chubb scores, the Browns are far more likely to win. And I forget what the exact stats are, but it heavily favors the Browns when Nick Chubb scores versus when he doesn't, or I forget what the number of rushing yards is. But basically, if he has a good game, the Browns are going to win. And I think the Steelers are very much aware of that. And added to that being even more difficult is now Cam Hayward's out for this game and probably about the next two months dealing with his groin injury, having surgery for it. And now they've got a lot of young defensive linemen that are going to have to hop in there and, you know, stuff the run. And that's not going to be easy. So I, this is a team. It's not the same old Browns. They are by no means penciling this in as an easy W, anything like that. Brooke, you talk about Deontay Johnson not going to play. Allen Robinson, at least for one week, looked like he was back from the dead. I mean, the guys look, look like he was completely shot for the last three years. And he had a good game. Are you buying he's hit a fountain of youth here, or is it just a one-game anomaly? No, I mean, if it's a one-game anomaly, then I don't know what I was watching through training camp. I mean, okay. he, he looked very much rejuvenated in training camp, and I think it helps that he doesn't have to be the guy. He just has to be part of a complement of receivers. And it was a deep group, but it was deeper when Deontay Johnson was your number one or number two. Right. It was deep. It was very much a front-loaded uh, receiving group, and now it's, I think, the distribution of, of targets is going to be changed a little bit. Allen Robinson will get more involved. I think this leads to Calvin Austin being more involved, and I would expect to see Gunnar Olszewski active uh, on Monday. So I, you know, I don't know that Allen Robinson is playing like he's like 22 again, but he does seem to be kind of reinvigorated here in Pittsburgh. What's the latest on Pat Fryermuth? I know he was in and out of the game last week. He was a little banged up. Is he good to go? Are they expecting him to play? Yeah, I would expect him to play. I think it's like he's a guy that's going to be limited early in the week because that's how the Steelers tend to word things that, you know, they're going to let participation be their guide. But I would expect to see Fryermuth practicing toward the end of the week and playing on Monday. When you look at the, the game plan overall, uh, you know, the Steelers, you know, would like to have a running game, especially um, with Pickett being a younger quarterback. 
Um, they have pickings on the outside, but I mean, you can't just throw the ball up to them every single play. When the Steelers have been really good and giving the Browns headaches, they've always had a run game that was very difficult to stop. Excuse me. What, what do you think they'll try to do when coming out and establishing a run uh, against the Browns? I think that they have to get the run game going because they absolutely did not have it going uh, last week against the 49ers. It was so bad. It was non-existent. I think Najee Harris had less than 40 yards rushing. Um, they And part of that was what Matt Canada started explaining in that opening salvo that he had where they were down 20 so quickly that they just you know threw the ball through the ball to try to catch up. But they can't afford to do that against the Browns. I think that they have got to establish the run because that will then naturally open up the pass. I think that this offensive line is better than they showed against the 49ers. I mean, I think the 49ers were easily the best defensive front that they were going to go against. Not that the Browns are anything for them to turn their nose up at. The Browns are obviously very good defensive team, but I think that they have got to get Najee Harris going, and I think they need to use Jalen Warren more, not because he's better than Najee Harris, but because I think that he is a really good complementary back to ch a change of pace guy. Um, he's a little bit faster than Najee when he gets out on the edge. And so I would expect to see them kind of ground and pound earlier in this game because they spent all offseason telling us we are a team that's going to run the ball. And then they didn't do that in week one. So I think they're going to kind of hopefully not overcorrect it, but I think just maybe go back more toward being a more balanced offense. So, Brooke, we just came out of Cleveland here with a rain game last Sunday where Deshaun Watson and Joe Burrow both played below the level we'd expect, and, and we'll say it's because of the rain. I see there's potential rain in the forecast in Pittsburgh on Monday, and the big knock on Kenny Pickett coming out of college was he has tiny hands. So if Joe Burrow and Deshaun Watson struggled with a wet football last week, should we expect uh, kind of the same with Kenny Pickett if the rain comes tiny through on Monday night? Hands. Tiny hands. I mean, tiny hands. The tiny hands thing is so overblown. Especially when you consider this guy played at Pitt for, what, 10 years it felt like in yeah. college. Um, I would not be worried about the small hands. I think they are, yes, they measure small. That has not been a factor uh, in the NFL. So I would expect him to play fine in the rain. I don't think it's, he's going to light the world on fire, but I don't think he's all of a sudden going to have like the SNL Kristen Wiig, tiny hands, you know, <laughs> tiny, hold on to a tiny <laughs> hands. Brooke, let's wrap it up with this. I, a couple of weeks ago, I went to Pittsburgh uh, to see the Cubs and the Pirates, uh, and the parking there sucks. What is happening with the park? The parking by the stadium is a disgrace. I had to park in some lot. It was like off the side of a highway. That I thought I was going to get mugged getting out of this lot. Why is the parking so bad in Pittsburgh? What happened? Oh, I would love. Listen, if you if you come up with a solution, please write letters to the <laughs> Pittsburgh City Council yes. or whoever comes up with parking um, because it is atrocious. Yes, I will say though the media parking has always been the same. We are there's two different lots. I'm up parking across from a Taco Bell, um, which means there is a little bit of a walk. But then the post game snack is really easily accessible, so <laughs> I'm not going to complain about it. That's fair. <laughs> there is the always I'm find with you the on lining. I'm hey, Brooke, thank you Brooke. very much for your info. We appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Brooke Hold Pryor from close. ESPN. No tiny hands. <laughs> <laughs> guys, oh. I, I, I'm curious everybody's opinion on this. Or am I, you think I'm crazy or not? I you mean, you might crazy. think I'm You're crazy. usually yeah, crazy. Yeah, you're we'll already crazy. Your Will you be crazier after this? <clears throat> if I were starting a team today, 
and you gave me a choice between Brock Purdy and Kenny Pickett, I'm taking Brock Purdy. Oh, well, yeah, of course you are. I would take that. Too. I think 32 you're not crazy. That's okay. That, like I don't. If I think you're crazy, if you would say I'd take Kenny Pickett. Well, Kenny Pickett was a first round pick. Brock Purdy was the last pick in the draft. Yeah. Well, as they, you neither know, one's played enough. To where know you're sure. drafted outside of whether or not you're going to make the team if you're a bubble player. Yeah. means nothing once you're once in the league. Sure, in. but the reality is that most of the good quarterbacks in the NFL are first and second round picks. Most of them. Baker Mayfield was taken number one overall. I hear you. I would still take Brock now, Purdy. I, now I'm trying to convince you guys to say I'm crazy right now. I'm arguing. Well, you're we'll not. have plenty of other evidence to yeah, say you're crazy yeah, later on. That's not Fair the only enough. piece we need. Yeah, I mean, I, now, again, it's not completely fair. There's not been enough games yet for either guy. Right, yeah. Purdy's playing arguably with the best roster in football. It's a lot easier when you have that defense. Yeah. Now, the Steelers got a defense, too. It's yeah. not like they don't have a defense. They do. But By the way, Jimmy Garoppolo, who I don't think anybody would say is elite, did pretty well with the 49ers, too. He did. And once upon a time, and I know it's a lot different personnel, but a similar build of the team, Yeah. Colin Kaepernick did pretty well with the San Francisco 49ers. Did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I love the fact that this Browns defense is so good. I don't think Deshaun Watson has to be elite. I don't. And I'm not going to label him with a, you know, be a game manager tag because I think he can be more than that with his legs. But he's, he's got to be elite for them to win a Super Bowl. Well, yeah, to yes. that point, yes. yes, you can't win a Super Bowl without, in my opinion, without yeah. being elite. Uh, we got some super chats we got to get to, and whenever we read super chats, they are brought to us by our dear friends at PCC Airfoils. If you're looking for a job with career advancement and great benefits, well, PCC Airfoils is a leading manufacturer in Northeast Ohio. All locations of PCC Airfoils in Eastlake, Menor, Wycliffe, and Minerva are hiring for all positions. Start at $18 and up, plus full benefit packages, paid time off, and a signing bonus. You can apply online at precast.com slash careers to learn more. Guys, we have a bunch because I missed a few yesterday, mm. uh, and I apologize to everyone out there who sent a super chat in. We got caught up with a few things behind the scenes and did not get to read them all, so I'm going to try reading a couple of those today on top of the ones that we have gotten in today. But yesterday, from Mike H., mentioned the Summit Street tailgate that we may have to check out, Bull, when we go down and do our tailgating against Are we the officially Titans. announcing that? Did you announce that yesterday? Yeah, we announced it yesterday. You're coming out with me to the Muni lot for yeah. the Titans game. Professor Chaos says he bought two Kool-Aid Mafia shirts from G. Uh, wow. Rich, Appreciate you, King. How many nice. have you sold so far? Do you know? Um, I don't something. Yeah, we, we up in the 70s, man. Shout out to everybody who got them. Wow. I can't wait to get Five. mine so I can support it right here. Once and, you wear it on the show, that number will go up. Yeah. Hey, I just, I just like yeah. 70. Hey, Kool-Aid Mafia, everybody can't be a part of it. Everybody, it's it ain't for club. everybody. It's Wait, a there's club. a screening process? Yes, you got to be drinking Kool-Aid. Yeah. That means 350 and above, three touchdowns. That's what oh, Kool-Aid Oh, I thought if your weight was yeah. 350 and above. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> they only come in triple X. No, they only have extra tall. <laughs> Shout out to Rich Holly from Euclid, who lives out in Portland, Oregon now. He says, love being a Browns fan out of state. There's a big Browns, uh, Browns backer bar I go to every week out here. Josh Heisler said the last Browns win at Pittsburgh. Tim Couch was the quarterback. Uh, well, Skrilly said he also win. ordered his Kool Aid Mafia swag. Yeah. He can't wait to, to wear. It. He can't wait to wear it to the Muni lot. And then uh, today's super chats. As I get to them, we have one from Darrell Perrymond, who I believe is Dewan's brother. Shout out to RT guy Dewan. He says, "When and all the storylines go away, preach G." Did you call him Darrell? No, Dewan's upstairs. His brother is Daryl. There's an extra E in there. Daryl, you're right. Yeah. I like Darrell, though. That sound, that like That's his French name. It's Daryl and Euclid. Yeah. Well, this is just da- uh, Daryl Perrymond. Okay. Um, but I believe that that's is the voice Dewan's of God, brother. right? It is Daryl. Yeah, what's up, Daryl? Sorry, I, I added an E to yeah, your name. It's Daryl and Euclid, I think, yeah. right? Uh, James Good Cosby team. says, Browns just beat the Steelers. You don't have to worry about any of the other garbage. 
Set apart Laz. He has two back-to-back. He says, to make a great show, we need people to disagree. Thanks, Jay. Love the show. Somebody's uh, got to be the, you know. Josh Z says, I understand Jay's point side. about Watson and how his long-term reputation will swing in the public based on this game. Yeah. Uh, Demond 4x4 says mentioning Baker should be an automatic five-minute mute on the mic. <laughs> you know what, though? What happens when we mention the guy? Get the people fired up. No. Hey, people, what, yeah. No, I mean, analytically on our yeah. show. Numbers do do well. Yeah, you know, right. love it or not. So, and I, I do have an least, ulterior motive for bringing yeah, up Baker fair. Mayfield. That's fair. The, the people don't click off. Nope. And last but not least from Jordan Wanner, this is not a statement game. This is a should-win game. Pound the rock, get the Sean some easy throws, play good defense, leave with a dub. You build confidence and respect over a season, not just in one week. Overstating this game, especially against the Steelers, is a bad idea. I am not putting this in the should win column. It's the NFL. There's not a lot of should wins. Yeah, you're right. The uh, Browns are on the road. I know we're going to pivot here in a second. I just found two stats that I w- really wanted to get your guys' reaction to, particularly yeah. you, Bull. It's a weird stat. Browns have lost the first quarter in 10 of the last 11 games versus teams with losing records. This, it's it, an odd stat. It is an odd stat. Yeah. When I read it, I'm like, well... But to me, it really drives home the importance of starting well. You just want, when you're on the road especially, the one thing San Francisco did really well was hit the mute button on that crowd. They were right. not a factor Put at all. Put the foot on the throat immediately. Because they got, right, they got yeah. them down and they got them down early. And I hope that Kevin's attitude in this is, if 7 nothing is the score, 14 nothing has to happen. You know what's weird about that too? is Because we've often complained that Kevin Stefanski does a good job in the beginning of games and then never adjusts after well, the script. On and that yet against, first drive, right? right? And then against, but against bad teams, they haven't. I wonder if part of that is because the Browns have not been good at forcing turnovers recently. It could and, be. And a lot of times yeah. when you get off to that good start, you got a turnover early or something sure. like that. I mean, they're minus two in the turnover in the plus minus right now. And they've got I think a that's going to change, win. but I, I hope so. To this I point, like that, that mentality you talked about right there when you, you want to say, all right, you down seven, let's get them down 14. Yeah. I think last year that was a problem because all of the coaches had the same demeanor. Same even kill. Yeah, passive. We'll try to make some adjustments. We're a couple plays off. Forget all that couple plays off. Stuff. I feel that demeanor's already changed. Oh, I think it's I think Jim it started Schwartz. from Jim Schwartz. Jim Schwartz. There's Without a play a that we're not going to show today. I sent it to Mikey and we're going to show it on Tagboard tomorrow. But there is a play where Tom, I said last year all year, we don't have any dogs. We need guys that want to rip the opponent's heads off. Because Miles is a great player. He's not that. There's a play that I think will demonstrate that Tomlinson has dog in him. The way he manhandled a, the a Bengals left guard. Who is their left guard? Cordell Volson. Probably not a good player. He's okay. He made him look JV on yeah, one yeah. particular play that I sent to Mikey that we're going to show tomorrow. We need that work. But what I, well, the reason I sent it to him is because to me, you got to have dogs. And if you only That's have them been a one big place, for them. they got to be right there. they got to be on the guys getting after the quarterback. It's been a massive problem for the Browns. Not you, know how, you know how you can tell you're having a good defensive game? How many dances? How many dance celebrations you got? If you ain't got no that, dance celebration, you out of here. That means you just playing. Dance celebrations mean, oh, I'm getting in on the party too. Oh, I'm over here. And I love the fact that nobody is diver- deferring to Miles Garrett like he's the Messiah. You got people like Zadarius Smith, Dalvin Thomason, Anthony Walker, Ogbo. These guys want to make plays, not sit here and, and ride on Superman's cape. Yeah. They're like, I want to make some plays. And that, that's why when they say defense travels, 
attitude and physicality, you could you could be wrong. But as long as you physical, we can fix the other stuff. And, yeah. you, and you got an attitude about it. That's why I want to see this game because there's a lot of people that think the Browns gonna come out here and be happy. I, I don't want to see happy. Not if they come out angry. here with, the, with that mindset that it's a business trip, yeah. then I know Jay, that they're complete. The Browns have accomplished nothing. Yeah, no, of course, no, nothing. nothing. Jay, they got to play with that, that attitude. Um, you're around the team a lot more. Is that something that you feel is kind of permeating the room, and is that is it coming from Jim Schwartz? Yeah, I think that's fair. And I, I think it's also the guys we, they brought in. You know, we talked about earlier. Is that Eric Smith got the quarterback on the first play of the game? Yeah. Well, we've ever seen that before on a three-step yeah. drop to club them like that. So I think that there is a little bit more level of nasty. It starts up front. I think it starts with some of the guys that they brought in because a lot of the back seven is the same. But the front four changed and the, and the defensive coordinator changed. And I told you, he was strutting out of there. Uh, he was strutting out of the locker pants. room. He had the white pants on and he was doing like the a boss. He was doing the Colin McGregor. I wish you would have shot some phone video for us. <laughs> I, the players I have all bought in on this. <laughs> yes. Right? And that's yeah. the key. Yeah. If, yeah. The, if the team believes in the coach. I, and I, you know what they say? Yeah. Oftentimes... The team takes on the personality of their coach sure. or their leader, who right. in this case and, and is. And the Browns, you know, haven't it, had a lot of dogs at D.C. I no, mean, they have not. I was told before the year, like, defensive linemen love playing in the system because it's just react and go. Just create havoc, create yeah. chaos. Which is where guys are at their react best, and go. you know, yeah, especially so, in that position. And I, and I think we saw that immediately with Miles. Miles, and again, I think we talked about this Monday. Miles has dropped in coverage before, and he was complaining about it and said, I don't know what I'm doing back here. He gladly dropped in coverage on Monday. And, yeah. we, and with the basketball move from the oh. – like, Miles no, is having fun right now. now yeah. don't, and don't, you want Miles Garrett in a good mood and having fun. Yeah, don't absolutely. get it twisted. It's going to be a team they, – they, these guys get paid too. It's going to be a team that's going to get the ball and walk right down the field on yeah. the Browns, get smacked in the mouth. They might get the ball again, come down and score. Then I'm going to see the adjustment. Now it's like, okay, well, we caught up to what you was doing. Now can you do some different things in a game that show you what a elite defense? And listen, the Steelers are still a decent football team. They're, they're, it's not going to be a piece of cake this game. No, no. no. The Browns can't just roll the pads no. out yeah, there and go the win the game. That's why the should win scares The Steelers me. are embarrassed. They're a good organization oh, no. that got humiliated last week. Yeah. Are they going to want to come out and kick some ass. Gonna I don't think hard. it's going to happen, but, you know. All right, well, very good. That's a perfect leeway, Bull. Yeah. Into where we're going next. The Steelers obviously – were uh, destroyed. I don't know if there's a better way to put it. What happened against the 49ers on Sunday for Pittsburgh was a complete annihilation. Knowing the history of the Steelers, and gee, I know you said this is a new season. History doesn't matter, but afraid maybe not the right word. What is it? And you can use whatever word you want to describe it, but going into this game, knowing the Steelers are coming off a absolute evisceration, and that word does fit. You're welcome, Jay. Well done. Use the big vocabulary word in the well right way. Done. Point for McNuggets today. I'm only five away from topping the Steelers total all of last week and two away from topping the Bengals total. Uh, Bull, you're welcome. So, with that in mind. <laughs> Shots fired. Does that worry you concerned, afraid, the fact that Pittsburgh just got their absolute butt whooped and as Aditi and Brooks said, Mike Tomlin's best is back against the wall. Does that factor give you any second thought about how you feel about this game on Monday night? It's on me. I mean, I, I just don't – I get how some there's some level of, of paranoia and expecting the other shoe to drop. But why would why would the fact – again, the Steelers aren't as bad as they played last week. They'll probably be more competitive this week. Uh, it's not going to be easy. But why would the fact that they were so terrible and have a quarterback that I don't think is very good – have their best receiver out and their second best defensive second best defensive player out. 
Why would I be scared about that? Because it's some perceived idea that, oh, a team's always going to play great after they they uh, play poorly the week before. That I mean, I don't know that that happens any more than any anything else. This is this is nonsense to be scared. Nobody's scared. The Browns, if the Browns come in with the right attitude, they're the better team. I want. I think they sh- they again. I, I just said there's no shoulds in the NFL. I think if you play the game a hundred times, the Browns win more than fifty times. So I expect them to go out there and, and take care of business. And if they play to their capabilities, then they'll win the game. I, the the history thing matters to me just because we like we sat here last year and said the Browns are better than the Steelers. Talent wise, I think the Browns are better than Pittsburgh. But we said that last year, and ultimately it didn't matter. They went to Pittsburgh, they got their doors blown off again. I do think the time timing matters. It was December last year. It was the end of the season. They had nothing left to play for. Yeah, Yeah, they had nothing left to play for. This is the second week of the season. They got everything in front of them. I think that makes a huge difference. But I I can't just dismiss out of hand the fact that their Monday night record, the fact that it's been an absolute house of horrors in that stadium, and the stadium prior to that was a house of horrors for the Browns. History matters to me. Does it mean the Browns are going to lose this game? No, of course not. But I think it's foolish to just – I think we've learned time and time again, dismiss Pittsburgh at your own peril. And I'm just not ready to do it. I don't care who's out there, who's not out there. They always find a way. It's the culture. It's the fabric of the organization. They always find a way. And listen, man, I, the way I look at it, man, um, the Roonies ain't playing out there. They sit in that box up there. The word we're looking for is aware. We are aware of who the, uh, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers are. We're aware of who the Ravens are and the Bengals are. We're aware of their history and whatever they've done. But as far as being, um, you know, somehow caught up in where we playing in the stadium, no. Actually, we should be excited. The, the, the greater the glory, the greater the treasure. If y'all like the Pittsburgh Steelers so much, all right, let's go strip their medals, take their medals, and we go back to Cleveland. So to me, it's an opportunity to, once again, prove who you are, an opportunity to start building the foundation of, you know, this whole Cleveland is Cleveland thing. After a while, by the time people catch up during the league, we might be up eight or nine games. That's the way you're supposed to be thinking about it. You're supposed to be thinking like, yo, we can bury all of them right now. We got a chance to string off some wins and be 3-0 and in the division. This is the second stop in a row. The, the tour bus is going, to, uh, uh, going over to Pittsburgh. But we're aware of who they are. But it's your job to make them aware and feel you on the opposite side of the spectrum and to realize that being Joe Green and, and, and Mike Webster ain't coming through them hallways. Terry Bradshaw ain't even on the booth no more. Look, those guys don't count. It's today and today only. I think the Browns got a good chance and a great opportunity. Yeah, I, I think we're all pretty much aligned in this. With Jason, I'm probably more closely aligned with your view of this. I'm not going to dismiss the history at all. Uh, I've always viewed everything in athletics as you never fear your opponent, never, but you always respect your opponent. Mm -hmm. And I think the Browns do have a healthy respect for what the Pittsburgh Steelers have done and who they are. As long as they have that black helmet with the logo on one side of it, that means something. Now, when the game starts, it won't put points on the board. It won't. The only thing that can do that is the Browns offense and hopefully the Browns defense. But when you don't respect your opponent, you've taken the first step towards defeat. So you have to absolutely respect who they are. Don't fear them. We're kind of parsing words here. I would say there is reason for concern. Um, I saw a stat yesterday, and I don't, I don't remember it exactly, but I was shocked 
by the percentage of times a team coming off a three-touchdown win loses when they play a team that's coming off a three-touchdown loss. You would think that overwhelmingly the team that came off the three-touchdown win would win against the three-touchdown loss team the next week. It's not that way at all. That's just another example of being a week-to-week league. It is a week-to-week league. And, you know, all of the momentum that the Browns had in that Cincinnati game, and you could feel it, and Cincinnati could feel it. Sure. That's now zero. It's gone. When they step on that field, there will be one team with energy and momentum on their side, and it's going to be Pittsburgh because they're coming off a 21-point loss. They're at home. That home crowd is going nuts. And I know the medals don't mean anything on the scoreboard, but they know that they're the franchise that has earned those medals, and the Browns want those medals. I'm always curious how that affects players now. Like, because... Most of the players on the Steelers, current Steelers, I don't think any of them have won anything. You know what's funny Whereas about the, that? And, and, you know, like, and they the Browns... always say guys that get traded to the Yankees hit out yeah. of their mind the first week they're a Yankee. And then you talk to them about it later and they're like, man, there was something about putting on that uniform. I put on those pinstripes and I saw myself for the first time in those pinstripes. I never looked so good. It's the same thing with the Steelers but uniform. there's some guys that go to New York and No, you're right. The you're bed, right. But you know? you, I think you would agree that there is something yeah. to that. God, guys go to the Yankees that have done nothing, and all right. of a sudden they be – now they don't carry it out long-term because long-term talent wins. Yeah. But I think that when you put on a Steelers uniform, there's a little bit of historical rub-off that, that you inherit when you do that. And, and likewise, there's probably a negative rub-off when guys put on that Browns uniform for I the first time. I think that's true. And, you know, the franchises that traditionally don't win, and it takes a while to get out of that mode. It does. How long? I don't know. But yeah. I think Aditi said, you know, when we were asking what's the general perception from the Steelers to the Browns, well, look, you got to do it consistently. Yeah. Before a no, team looks right. at another team and says, okay, you've earned our respect and you have our attention. Yeah. You Jay, have, I got your right. stat, by the way. Okay, what was I did, it? I did some digging. What was you it? You were close. You almost had it right. Teams who lose by 17 points or more. 17, okay. Who play a team the following week who had just won by 17 or more. Yeah. Are 107, 73, and 4 against the spread. So a 60% Well, that's against, cover no, that's spread, against the spread. I saw it straight up stat. I'm getting there. Okay. So 60% against the spread. Yeah. That's still good. The, people, the it spread's is good. Gonna, spread's going to overreact to what happened. It is, but, yeah. exactly. On both sides. A 57% win straight up rate. Yeah, that's unbelievable. Yeah. You know, when I saw that, I was like, how can that be? Yeah. But I, that's to, to, to the point that you made. It's a yeah. week-to-week league. That's it. And literally, and I think Kevin Stefanski is preaching this. I, I'm sure he is because he's a, you know, the only thing that matters now is the next game. Right. That's it. That's all we're thinking about. We're not thinking about the right. next week. We can talk about it. We're not even thinking about Cincinnati because that was last week. There's only one thing we control now, and that's next week. Yeah. And I think Kevin has probably got his hands on that stat. Yeah. And he probably said more than once, before you guys start feeling yourself, 57% of the time yeah. when a team wins by three touch or 17 points and plays a team the next week that lost by 17, yeah. they, they go I, ahead and I'm expecting and the Bengals at home next week I am too to beat up the Ravens I think they're going to beat the I Ravens I don't know about beat up I mean it's going to happen I think they're going to I think I'm they're going to win that, that game so you know we'll see and yeah. not to mention wasn't the Jets week two last year not that it was the 17 the Jets were week two yeah, yeah but was. coming off the Carolina game everybody's feeling themselves yep. going into that and the Browns traditionally have not always handled their modicum of success no, all that not. well they have not because everybody th- I, and well the, I mean the Jets game was one that that was wrapped up and done and they found a way to get to that, that point away. that they haven't handled this success well. Um, I gave 
uh, a stat earlier that I thought was odd, and I found another one. The Browns have lost four of the last five when they've been favorites following a win. Hmm. So that goes to your point. I, I And I looked that up because I have – in my mind, I feel that too. I feel like sometimes the worst thing that's happened to this team is a big, nice win. Yeah. Because I don't know if they just believe themselves or they get overconfident or what it is, or maybe the win was fool's gold. Well, over- this win this week will give us the first real test as to are the Browns really a different team this year. Last week didn't for you? Because uh, last after last week, I, I have already made the conclusion this is a different team. I, I think I thought it was the a different team. the defense. I, I thought it was a different team coming in. I think it's a different team right now. Yeah. But, but this, if you go to the on the road and take care of Pittsburgh. Yeah, the road part of it's true. That's another level and of Monday night a different and team. against your archer. I believe the defense is different. I believe the defense is legit. What yeah. we saw, again, I don't think they're going to hold every team to three points and 80 passing yards. But I think that effort, that ability... That's going to carry. Yeah. I, that's going to – I still need to see it out of the offense. But defensively, yeah. I think that's legit. I, yeah. th- I think, you know, you could say rivalry, all that good stuff. All I want to see them do is attack. That's the word, attack. If you're worried about attacking somebody, you ain't worried about the opposite of what's happening. If you attack somebody, yeah, they're, on the diff- they're like, whoa, he just yeah, hit right. me upside the face. Then they got to figure out a plan. The Cleveland Browns – need to only worry about we're going to attack, 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 and keep attacking because at the end of the day, if you have the better roster and you've got the better talent, that'll take hold at some point. But the first thing you got to do is the attack part of making them all – it's disarming when somebody comes and plays at heart because think about it. They counting on the 49ers. They're saying to themselves in that locker room over there, you play one of the best defensive teams you're ever going to see. Ain't nobody else going to play like that against the 49ers. We'll get better. And you, you know what it looks like after the first quarter? You'd be like, well, well, golly gee, the Browns might be better than the 49ers in defense. We're in trouble today. Again. Sure. Yeah. So I got a stat for early. you guys, by the Set way. The so early. I just gave you a stat that may. I like these little McNuggets you're dropping. It's funny you say that. My dad actually t- was talking to him yesterday. He's like, when you drop stats, it should be a McNugget. And That's I was exactly like, well, that right. sounds like I'm taking a crap. I'm it, not sure if. You know, <laughs> got to get you a graphic. I, I got to go drop some McNuggets. But that I do is. have a stat. So that last one. Maybe gives a little kudos to the Steelers and what could happen on Monday night just yeah. based on the historical value of how teams are coming 57%, off those situations. That's astounding. This one is very in favor of the Browns. Last season, every team that played the 49ers lost their following game. Teams were 0-16 the week after playing San Francisco. Wow. I remember that. That is Browns, an incredible stat. The Browns are looking to become the 17th straight team to, it, or, it be I guess the Steelers would be the 17th no, the straight Steelers team would be. to then lose yeah, if the, the Browns win. So teams, that's the a week after number. playing San Francisco, part of the reason for that potentially. They physically beat them they up. They physically beat them up, and it is hard to recover in a week. Now they have one extra day because it's Monday Night Football. Right, right. Throw that out the window. Teams and it's early in the season, too. Last year. So they're less beat yeah, up to begin after. with. You know, they lost two of their best players. That's amazing. That, that is that really speaks I remember to that the dominance stat. of the 49ers defense. I didn't defense. know it carried through the rest of the season, but I remember people talking about that that's midway cr- through the year last it's year. It's crazy. Yeah. Mm. I don't think I've I wonder if that's ever happened in an NFL season. I I just see this stat. I'll do a little more digging on it. It's going to be hard to find. It would be almost impossible to find because today we, we find stats for everything. I'm sure they weren't keeping yeah. stats they, like that in 1975. They still, t- still taking that, that energy and aggression out <laughs> because they felt like they had a chance to go to the Super Bowl if it wasn't for the fact they had no quarterback. 
They when I saw him playing, oh, they would have gone. They would have no offense, Steve. They the Niners were going to Super Bowl. When, I think when I saw, I, I agree with you. When I saw the forty, got hurt. I, I saw the game against Pittsburgh. A dude hit Najee Harris with just his chest. He just like yeah, I saw that play too. <laughs> I saw he, that it was play so too. quick. He, he just he was like bow, and it was over. Uh, Najee Harris was down and got. I said, what the? Is this a new tackle? What technique is this? I, watched, I said they about to get destroyed. It's the G. Bush technique. I had the yes. Browns like what I was doing is I had the four panel TV watching. Man, and when, yeah. the, when, when the Browns game was on, I I would go just to the Browns game. Yeah. But whenever they went to commercial, I'd bring up the four panel. Yeah. And I usually then click on the Steeler Niner game, especially in the first half. And the steel, the Niners were beating the crap. Yeah, out of I was paying a lot of attention to Crazy. the Steelers game too, and it was, I mean, they were flexing their muscle. I said yesterday or Monday, uh, yeah. one of the stats that really Look. stands out was at one point the Niners had 199 yards total Man. offense, and the Steelers had one. Total yeah, right. Yard. I saw that. No Jeez. doubt. By the way, I got to say something here real quick. Mike, Mike mentioned earlier that he and I are going to. The, are we going to the Muni lot, or we want to go, Mike? We're going, to the, we're going deep into the heart of Browns country. Yeah, I think you got to do Muni. We're going to go yeah. tailgate. <laughs> I got to get a new Browns jersey between now. You know, and we that. talked about we that talked about yesterday, yesterday, and I said, I, I don't know that we can ask Bull to wear a Browns jersey because as a Browns fan, I would never wear a Bengals jersey. Well, that's fine. And we, we understand that, Bull. You no, don't feel like you have to. I don't. I, I like it because I want to be part of the fun. You know what I mean? Good for you, man. And, uh, Good for you. I wore, last time I went to the Muni lot, I wore a, a Derek Anderson jersey, believe it or not, but I can't fit We got We got to get you a personalized joint. I, I got to uh, get. Well, add him to Bull on the back. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And get you a number. What number you want? Don't say 69. No, don't say 69. <laughs> you got to get a close 69. Very nice. Since you, you are Mattingly fan. Since you no, are being no. a very good sport, we, I, 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 yeah. I, I first that I will chip in. I will and too. Get you an authentic sewn on. I'll pay for half of that too. Yes, right you there. You make it. No, 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 You no. pay for your own. Bull, Bull, no. Here's the thing. <laughs> Chase is like, you guys. Get... He's a mercenary. Here's the thing. He's nope. told you from Jump Street. Like, nope. For anybody that doubts, and I have a lot of people that ask me. Bull, deep down, Bull hates the Browns, doesn't he? And I'm no. like, no. Deep down, if it weren't for the Bengals, Bull would be a Browns fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bull roots for the Browns in every single game when they're not playing the Bengals. That's true. And I think it's a huge testament to you it's that weird. you're so It doesn't in. make any sense, which is no, why it doesn't make I any understand sense. why people don't believe me because it doesn't really make any sense. But, but, but I, I, I believe you, number one, yeah. and I admire the fact that that's the, the way it is. And yeah. I want to see you in Browns gear so badly I'll match G. Right, Bush's offer. That. Can you guys get that by next Friday? I don't know. We I don't know if we can put a rush out. <laughs> can we get a not. We'll, we'll look at uh, fanatics.com slash UCSS. But there real, you real go. quick, guys. We'll order what, it and the show will benefit but from But let me it. tell you one other thing, folks. I'm expecting all of you at the tailgate to feed me. <laughs> you need to feed me. I'm eating. I'm going to every tailgate that I can get to, and, and I want free food. So, in other words, I'll wear your colors, <laughs> right. but I'm eating your food. You owe me, Let's bro. Let's go. What's your favorite tailgate affair? Brats, hot dogs, hamburgers. Well, hurry up. I got one more read. I got to get in. Okay. Uh, think of it. Think of it. Think about that. Go ahead. I love a hamburger at a tailgate. Okay. Uh, while this loads again, Jace Medical, which sent us their information literally at 1142. So it's the worst read Jace is ever going to get. And now it's not even loading. Jace Medical is Anthony. Pass me your laptop because mine's frozen. I love Jace Medical. They're, they're the, the best. absolute best. They Who are the best. Jace Medical? I've always said everyone. The no, this, this is a read. It's not an ad lib. It's a real read. Oh, okay. Sorry. Quote. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers Jace Case. The Jace Case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use 
and gives you peace of mind so that you're not just hoping that you have access to medication in an emergency. Jace Medical makes sure you have the medication in hand. Jace Medical is simple. They handle everything from online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. Don't get caught unprepared. Save more than 360 bucks by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical, plus an additional $20 off if you use code LOCKEDON at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com, promo code Locked on. Feels like a very Be weird prepared, way for UCSS, get your but drugs with Chase Medical. <laughs> <laughs> They're a virtual safety net. Let's is go, Chase Medical. Let's Jace go. Medical. I'm yes, like, we I love Chase Medical, them. though. I'll be sickly. I you need, better call Jace yeah, Medical. I'll be, I, need, I need them antibiotics on deck and an EpiPen. Hey, you know what's funny? Don't call Jason Lloyd. He won't pay for you. <laughs> you got that right. <laughs> Jace Medical will. We are going to pay for it. We have to look into that. Apple. We have to find a jersey. What size do we order? 4X. 4X? Yeah. What, and what number do you want? 23? Yeah, but yeah, 23 would be ideal. Okay, good. Get him All Who was 20? Was Joe Hayden 23 when he was here? Yeah. Joe Hayden was 23. Okay. 23, yeah. Okay, good. It's Joe Hayden. Although I would wear and what do you want on the back? Do you want Adam a bull? Do you want bull? Wait, hold on. Wait, wait. If, if we're custom making a Browns jersey yeah. football, I got to get one too. Well, you're paying for your own. Yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> this, yeah this Damn, is, bro. This all is, I do is yeah, set this, y'all up. This, this is a bull. I think y'all look good every day. Hey, I'll pay for one for Mikey before I pay for one yeah, for him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We got a lot funny. less thread, I'll tell you yeah, that. We're gonna, we're gonna you're get, right. You got to have – yeah, it's just the bull. Yeah, the bull. Yeah, the bull. The bull, yeah. Hey, for overtime today, by the way, if you are a paid member, you get to watch the first ever dress rehearsal of the TV show tomorrow. Yeah, that cool. launches in 10 minutes. The show will be up. We'll see y'all then. Peace. Peace.